0: Today, we turn to the world of sports, and we're talking with Dan Hannigan-Daily. Hey, Dan, how are you?
1: Doing great, thanks.
0: Dan, it's great to have you on the show. Dan is the Chief Executive Officer at Sports Info Solutions, or perhaps better known as SIS. Uh, Dan will go through all of the things that SIS is working on these days. But Before we get into the present day, tell us a little bit about your background and your career today.
1: Thanks. So yeah, certainly growing up, sports were always very close to my heart, whether it be playing or building fantasy lineups, or I was sort of fortunate to be born in the time where sports video games are really starting to to come to the fore. So I got that nice mixture of sports and technology and and gaming all encapsulated um, through sort of the the preeminent years of of my youth. So I was very steadfast uh, as far as wanting to work in sports and being associated with, with, with sports in my, uh, in my career. So, you know, I went to, to school for sport management at Brock mm-hmm. University. I'm, I'm Canadian. I live in Toronto. So it's uh, one of the better uh, universities for sport management up here. Spent four years there. Had a couple opportunities for internships and the like ended up moving over to the UK and big soccer or, or football as it's more globally known, uh, fan and supporter, and, and ended up with a awkward gig almost to an extent in that I was physically taking bets within professional soccer club, stadiums. And at that moment, it sort of hit me and dawned on me that betting is the ultimate means of improving fan engagement. And there wasn't yep. a lot of that, obviously in, in Canada, there's a bit, certainly in the. US. It was happening, but oh, I uh, mean, under, uh, you know. The- so,
0: Dan, I mean, I went to graduate school in England, and it was a regular occurrence for for people to bet. It's so much more common over there, right? Yeah. Where you just go and place a bet on on all the games, et cetera. And obviously, you're part of the generation that's uh, made that uh, more of a, a pastime here.
1: For sure, and yet, and and really, the the service of of having wagering available at the stadium is expected for a fan coming in. You can get your beer, you can get your burger, and you can place your bet. Those are literally the three things that you could do uh, at a Premier League club, certainly in the, in the early 2000s. There wasn't a lot of other type of commerce there. Anyhow, you know, things sort of evolved from there. Um, spent some time running a sports book in Vancouver with the British Columbia Lottery Corporation. And then uh, in 2015, again, you know, always wanting to really, really lean into sports and making sports better as much as I possibly could. That uh, as a fan or as a consumer or as an athlete, uh, it was very difficult to miss DraftKings and FanDuel in the summer of 2015. They were spending <laughs> all of the money on advertising, and I saw DraftKings advertising. I was like, "That looks like an ambitious company that I want to be a part of." So I sort of took my shot, and contacted a few individuals at at DK at that time, uh, who were still relatively smaller, 200 folks thereabouts um, working for the company, and. Uh, moved to Boston in in 2015, and you know really got engulfed in the, the sports technology and um, the fantasy sports world that DraftKings really drove to to the forefront uh, of U.S. sports. And was fortunate enough to be uh, a part of the, the sports betting movement that occurred. You know, basically right after the proposed merger with FanDuel was was shot down, and we started looking at sports betting. And given I've had several years of experience in the space, I was mm-hmm. fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to lead the charge there and really never look back and you know it was super interesting we were actually initially going to launch in the UK to test and learn and figure out how to run a sports book given there wasn't a lot of subject matter expertise at a company like DraftKings that is not the case now there are many mm-hmm. many people at DK that know a, a huge amount about sports betting certainly um right. yeah spent spent almost six years at, at DraftKings riding that rocket ship from 200 employees to 4,000 employees from two billion dollar valuation to Thirty billion, yeah, hundreds of billions, if not billions, of revenue uh, at this stage, and really enjoyed my time. But got the itch to go to a uh, start, not start from scratch necessarily, but go to a smaller organization and really build a little bit from the ground up. And that's what saw me land at Sports Info Solutions in May uh, of this past year. And yeah, yeah so so
0: back. tell me more about uh, Sports Info Solutions or SIS. I, I see that. The company is focused on optimization on the decision-making process for sports books and, and the kind of the sports fan experience so tell me more about how that's uh, working
1: Yeah so we are at our core we're a sports data and analytics organization where historically and, and effectively the company was born on the thesis that specifically in, in the front offices of professional sports suboptimal decisions were being made due to a lack of information to base those decisions off of so this is way back in 2002 when the, when the organization was formed. There was no defensive data in the sport of baseball, as an example, which is a pretty important part of the sport. So you know, SIS was founded on that, on that belief and subsequently went and executed against that opportunity. So we collect really rich, deep data sets, perform analysis on that data, and then subsequently deliver that data and the analysis to professional sports teams. So we have a number of clients in major League baseball, MLB, the MLBPA as well, Uh, NFL teams. So we collect uh, NFL and college football data. And then similar story on the basketball side where we have an NBA draft product where, again, uh, Jake Loews, who leads our basketball division, director of analytics for the Phoenix Suns for a number of years, and they weren't very good. Therefore, they had very high draft picks. And Jake is a smart guy. He's got his NBA from Sloan. He's banging his head against the wall. He didn't understand why he had a 50-50 hit rate for these multi-million dollar decisions that are being made when you're making these draft draft picks. And it really came down to the data. So he joined SIS to solve that problem. and So far, so good. We've had major traction with our NBA draft product and now have have an NBA product. That's
0: amazing. I mean, um, so as a lifelong Cubs fan and uh, obviously benefiting from uh, Mr. Epstein's uh, genius there. Thank God we finally won a World Series. (laughs) I don't think, honestly, it's so funny now as a, as a Cubs fan, I think that if we don't win another one for the rest of my life, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I, <laughs> the pain You'll, is we'll, gone. You'll we'll be fine.
1: Uh, I, as, a, as a Trontonian, as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I'm still waiting for that moment. So I.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, the okay. power of the data is, is clear. And certainly it leads us to places that perhaps we wouldn't have gone to from just the the basic uh, maybe scouting eye that it was used for so many years. So tell me more about how businesses are thinking about this and sports businesses in terms of the, just the broader landscape today.
1: Yeah. So there's definitely been a shift and the shift is incredibly clear, certainly in a sport like baseball, there is so much data that is used for all decisions across all areas uh, of that sport, not only in the, in the front office and on the field of play, but certainly in, in other parts of uh, of the franchises, where they're making business decisions around around data, how are consumers engaging with their products? And that's really similar to a lot of what we did actually at, at DraftKings as a as a consumer facing product and application, leveraging data, accessing the data, and leveraging that data is incredibly critical to make yeah. better outcomes for yourself, for your consumer, um, and for the business and, and industry at large. So we're seeing that that movement really accelerating, especially with the call it detrimental impacts of COVID and the pressures that it put on specific parts of of each business and decision making. It's really accelerated a lot of that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I rarely get to talk to people about my kind of very private sports uh, fan life, <laughs> uh, but the. I, you know, you look at teams and the soccer teams in Europe or football teams, as the Europeans would call them, like Barcelona, where you have gone from having the largest budgets in the world now to almost having no money. I saw that in their transfer market, they have something like only $10 million to spend on transfers in January. And so the decisions become so critical, right? I mean, so they desperately need your product.
1: <laughs> much so. And yeah, like that that movement is occurring across all of the major sports. So certainly football, there's a bit of a mix to be honest. And, and needless to say, there's there's always an, and will remain to be the, the value of the human eye and some level of subject matter expertise that goes into it. But the data is simply an input of the decision. It doesn't need to make the decision outright, but we've seen that traction really accelerate in football and basketball, largely driven by the fact that Consumers are now getting access to more data and and fans are getting access to more data and they demand it from their teams to be better with the decisions that they're actually making on or off the field of play because they're using the data to make their own decisions. Fantasy sports, sports betting, how they engage with their- Yeah.
0: So, you know, last year was a fascinating year for sports. I mean, uh, uh, probably a disturbing year if you were an owner or or even a league uh, president but the idea that people were competing in sports with no fans in the stadiums and the whole experience of sports became wholly, wholly digital. You know, how did that affect the, the market, the betting marketplace? And um, are there learnings that we've seen from the pandemic and how are yes, you guys thinking about certainly it?
1: Certainly, in kind of what I mentioned earlier around just the, the usage of, of data, certainly COVID was an accelerant for, leagues and teams as it pertains to, to leveraging betting and technology to engage your fans. There's no longer did you have that captive audience in your stadium and you can sell some, some banner on the, on the boards or in the arena to create sponsorship dollars. Now you had to activate that sponsorship through digital means. And, you know, one of the ways that we did as partners of say, Major League Baseball or the PGA Tour at DraftKings was create experiences that leveraged our captive audience. So our users who are constantly coming to draft needs to play with other types of things that were available at that time. Table tennis, which got massive amounts of wagering activity, which is kind of crazy. And, yeah,
0: and I mean, I, 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 what, what happened with that? I, I read a kind of a side story uh, that's I guess the most popular sport for betting in Colorado, for some reason, someone wrote an article yeah, yeah. was table tennis. What was that all about? The table
1: tennis took off. I mean, there <laughs> were leagues in Eastern Europe that were basically running 24 seven. So there were constantly games that you could bet on. And it's one of those types of sports similar to tennis. That's stop start. You can bet point by point or game by game and constantly have that live betting activity. That's, Probably more akin to a casino game to an extent. Obviously, it, it remains sports betting, and there's the, the integrity things that need to be in place in order to protect against that type of activity from, from occurring. But in the state like Colorado, and it was, it was the case across pretty much all states that, that we operated with in, in the context of DraftKings, where there wasn't that much going on. So those, those folks who enjoyed having wagering activity part of their, their daily life, of which there are many. We're coming mm-hmm. in and, and placing bets on on table tennis and it kind of shockingly maintained that position in the state of colorado specifically for whatever reason i don't know uh maybe they started to love the, the sport of table tennis more than than initially anticipated That's it could be fascinating a VIPs, who knows, but...
0: i love it i love it well it, it does show you that uh people love a good bet, right? There's, a, I guess, that, that classic phrase. And, um, and certainly that bodes well for what you guys are working on for the future. But I'd be curious how you imagine the next couple of years are going to shape up.
1: Yeah, so certainly at, at SIS now, we are undergoing a, a pretty significant change, changing change in leadership, myself coming in and a bit of a restructuring of the organization to an extent, really leaning into product and technology and delivering Value to that betting ecosystem that is so massive and has so much potential, especially as more and more states uh, legislate and regulate sports betting. So, we are now on the cusp of solving some really interesting challenges that exist within the sports betting ecosystem. So, a sport like table tennis has really great betting opportunities because of the way that that sport is structured and the the betting markets are constantly up and available because it's very stop start. Whereas other sports, That is not currently the case. So in in sport of, uh, or sorry, in the NFL as an example, or MLB, a a huge percentage of that game, no bets are actually available due to either coming across, the models not being tuned enough. So we're actively looking to solve those problems by creating custom solutions that leverage our robust technology and operational expertise for what we provide to teams, Now, providing that to to sportsbooks and ultimately to sports fans to improve upon Mm -hmm. that. That end experience and ensure that when you go to place a bet on a live game, that it's able you're able to get that through and not get it rejected due to bet delays or see markets suspended where otherwise you would be uh, having that negative experience today.
0: That's amazing, and one could imagine. I mean, that extending into the stadium as well in the U.S. Um, oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: The, the vast majority of wagering in the U.S. is done on your mobile device, and certainly with the improvements right. in um in wi-fi or 5g availability within stadiums i mean a huge percentage of bets are being placed at stadiums it's actually super interesting to see wagering activity in and around the stadium on a game day you can see it at the bars and you can see it at the, the stadiums and in the state of new jersey as an example we had these really awesome views that could show basically like where the divide was between giants fans and eagles fans when the giants and eagles are playing it'd be like all the blue vets over here and all the green vets over here is is unbelievable to see you have so much granular data at at your disposal and um can really make amazing and and do
0: you guys have a consumer facing product as well or is it really just we have a couple
1: more like media focused tools and, and front office facing tools that is certainly something that we will be um sort of redoing to an extent and iterating upon so that we can create and add value to and and fans consumers with the the data that we have you know we certainly believe that we can model out props better than a lot of sports can frankly yeah. uh, and so providing that value to fans so they can get an edge when they're looking at place bets is very much in our roadmap
0: dan i think you may actually have one of the best jobs in the world uh <laughs> yeah you know, we've that. been speaking with dan hannigan daily he's the chief executive officer at sports info solutions better known perhaps as SIS. Uh, they work in sports betting and analytics, really focused on the data, the data of sports that's really driving this whole, I'd say quite a bit of change in the whole sports uh, landscape and how betting is handled, how teams are evaluating talent, so on and so forth. So it is It is the next generation of sports and SIS is very much at the center of it. Dan, thanks so much for telling us more about this. Um, if someone wanted to to get in touch with you? Where would they find you?
1: So you can go to our website, certainly it's www.sportsinfosolutions.com. We actually have a rebrand that's launching uh, on on Monday. So Monday, November 15th, you'll see the new website there, which we're very excited about. Uh, You can certainly find me on on LinkedIn, Dan Henning and Daly. Not too hard to find on there.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, Dan, thank you so much for being on Uncaged and we look forward to learning more about what you guys are up to in the future. Thanks for having me. Cheers.